Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. How often do you find yourself writing and then rewriting emails? Maybe you're practicing difficult conversations in your head. You might feel like you're not accomplishing what you think you should be you might be suffering from perfectionism. And today's guest is Hope Timberlake. She is a speaker, trainer, and author of her new book, Speak Up, Damn It, How to Quiet Your Fears, Polish Your Presence, and Shape Your Voice. She focuses on persuasive communication, executive presence, and elevating the voices and visibility of women and those unprecedented in leadership, underrepresented. Hope earned her bachelor's degree from Duke University and completed a master's degree at the University of California in Berkeley. She lives in San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, teenage children, and dogs. Thank you so much for joining us today, Hope. Thank you, Danielle. I'm so excited to be here. You and I met at the National Speaker Association, and you told me a little about your book, and I was immediately intrigued because... Quite honestly, I do suffer from perfectionism. It's something that I've been battling for a really long time. And I'm really excited to hear the tips that you've got to share with us today on how to overcome perfectionism. But before we begin, tell us a little bit about your career journey. How did you get into where you're at today to being a published author and specializing on this topic? Yeah, it's not been a straight route like a lot of your guests and you. It's been a little bit circuitous, but I knew I wanted to do work in women's health and right out of college or my first official job after waitressing was working at the hospital in San Francisco with breast cancer doctors and talk about perfectionism. If you want to be a doctor, I mean, you know, too, Danielle, the the whole medical field, there's a lot of perfectionism in that field. And what I was working on was doctors, how they communicate to patients. And often what they would do is they'd want to get it exactly right. So they want to give the exact percentage or the exact research or all the details, everything perfectly buttoned up that they want to tell the patient, but forgetting that the patient's going through a really emotional experience. So the doctor saying it's 91.2% chance that you can do this. And the amount of therapy you need is this number of milliliters and this many frequency, just throwing number soup at them was not meeting their needs. And it was my first awareness, in addition to my own childhood, and there were plenty of perfectionists, of watching where someone who is focused on perfectionism was actually not meeting the needs of their audience. It was making it worse. It was a good wake-up call. And I would say in a medical setting, I almost might want perfectionism a little bit when they are performing a particular procedure on me. I also acknowledge that when you're explaining something very technical and very traumatic during a trying time, it's not so much about being perfect on the stats, but it's more or less the feelings that we're experiencing at that time. You're exactly right. We're thrilled that our doctors are perfectionists, but we want them to communicate in a way that's human. Mm -hmm. 
I know that I've battled perfectionism most of my life and it's come from this need of wanting to prove myself sometimes. But Mm -hmm. when we find ourselves in perfectionism, it can be debilitating and it can prevent (sighs) us from accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish. So tell us a little bit about the different situations when people might find themselves in perfectionism. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's ironic that the more we're trying to control something, the less likely we are to actually meet our objective. So I see perfectionism arise in two distinct situations. One, where we are new to something. So we're new and it feels scary. And by new, it could be something that we have done a long time, but we still feel new or we feel like we haven't mastered it. Maybe that's the better way to put it. We are feeling like, okay, we've got the imposter syndrome. They're expecting me to do something and I don't know this as well as someone else. And so we're getting to that place where we try to control or our perfectionist streak comes out. And the other one is when we are genuinely more junior in the room or newer to the situation, then we feel like it's compare and despair. It's that idea of like, they know it all. Who am I? Again, that imposter syndrome creeps out and trying to be able to control our environment feels like the way or control how we move forward feels like the right strategy, but it always backfires. And even if it doesn't backfire the first time, I mean, the problem is we can sometimes get away with it. We can be perfectionist about it and we can do it right. And then we can be validated like, oh, that went really well, but it takes a toll. If we're going to go to that effort of perfecting everything before we do it, we're going to burn out or our relationships can suffer. There's just a lot of health problems can come up. So there's so many issues with consistent perfectionism. I find that perfectionism, when I reflect back at the time that I was leading a team for a Fortune 500 company, and when I would often see perfectionism come up as the most is with new hires. And you're talking about when something is new to somebody, and even though they can come with years of experience, they find themselves in the, well, I don't know everything. I have to know everything before I respond to that question or provide that answer or Before I speak up on the next conference call, I need to be here longer. And I remember reassuring some of them and saying, you were hired for a reason. You may not know the products or this particular company, but there's skill sets that you have that I hired you for that are transferable that we get to then learn from you. So tenure does not always correlate with being an expert. It's what is your background, your experience, what you've gone through, and maybe some questions. Sometimes we get in a rut where we keep doing the same things over and over again. And I loved it when new, fresh set of eyes would come to our team and they would start to ask questions. And I'm going, well, that's what we've always done, but that's a great question. Why are we still doing it that way? So if you're listening right now and you are new to your role, to a team, to an organization, know that you bring value. We want you to speak up. We want to hear your ideas. Put aside that perfectionism because all that's doing is procrastinating you getting that time to get to know your team, your manager, and share the valuable insight as to why you were hired. It's so true. Danielle, one of the things, especially with women, is we have good student habits. So we're really, really good at following directions, at executing, at doing our homework, at doing all the things. And what I like to say is that good students belong in the classroom, not the boardroom, because what happens in school, how we're graded in school is very different than how we're graded in our career and in life. So we got to pivot. We got to pivot from being like, okay, I checked all, what is it? Dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's because that works in school. 
But like you said, if you want to be visible, if you want to have a good career, you need to share your ideas, even if you're not the most seasoned or the longest veteran in the room. If you're just someone who has a really good idea or a different perspective or ask that important question, like your story you just told. And sometimes a way of asking a question while adding value is bringing into the conversation, what would it look like if we tried things this way? You're providing your idea, but you're positioning it in a question that sometimes feels a little more subtle. And that might be one way of doing it. I love that. You're absolutely right. You talk about getting graded in school and (laughs) versus being graded in the boardroom. And it is very different. And when it comes to perfectionism, there's two things that happen with perfectionism. It's procrastination in disguise. That's not serving us. It's not serving the company we work for because then we're so focused on getting everything perfect. What we see is imperfect. Maybe somebody else is perfect. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's what we forget too. Yeah. The worst situation, Danielle, happens, which I see a lot, where someone's optimizing for perfection and they come in the meeting and the people in the meeting want to take a totally different direction. So now they've spent hours or days or weeks of sleepless nights and preparation and they think they have something perfect and it's not even the direction in which the team wants to go. So now you're like, oh my gosh, what was all that for? Yeah. And the other thing that happens too with when you get so focused on perfect, you lose out on the creativity yes. and you lose out on learning of failure. I say failure is a good thing. I spent so much time focusing on perfecting certain things in my business which now looking back a year later, I don't even use half the stuff that I originally created because my business has pivoted a little bit. And yet I spent hours and sleepless nights. And like you said, the stress and the anxiety around that, it's either procrastination or it's preventing us from failing, which can be really good because we can learn from that failure. Totally. Absolutely. We will be right back to today's episode. As a business owner, you get to work from anywhere and set your own hours so you can be there for your family and enjoy more of life while building an impactful and profitable business. But it can be hard to figure out where to start and build something that matters. Ineffective business planning, cash flow, unclear messaging, no niche, lack of consistency can all lead to burnout. Without a clear plan of action, you're likely to spin your wheels and not make much progress. I serve professionals who want to create a profitable business with an impactful message. After 15 years in corporate America, among the most recent seven years leading a team for a Fortune 500 company, I built a six-figure coaching business within one year and make a greater impact on helping others achieve the same success. To be successful, it's essential to have a process to help you focus on what's important and get measurable results. With the support of a business coach, you learn how to transform vision into reality, building an impactful and profitable business with the power to do what you want in life. I invite you to go to the show notes and check out the link to the free business building workbook with actionable steps to turn your side hustle into a business. Now back to today's episode. You being an expert on this subject, what are some strategies that you can share with our audience about how to combat perfectionism. Okay. I've got a lot, but I'll share three. I want your listeners to be able to do something immediately. So the first thing is to identify your script. This is the little refrain that's in the back of your head. Whenever you're doing something new or you're in an environment where you're uncomfortable, what is that little voice telling you? 
And so it could be like, I'm not good enough. Who am I? No one wants to hear from me. Whatever that script is saying, identify it and we're going to flip it. So we're going to flip your script to the total opposite. It's an aspirational view of a new script. And I have a worksheet that I'm happy to give your listeners. If anyone wants to reach out to me, maybe in the show notes, you can put my email or they can link in or Instagram me. I will put that show notes. Mm -hmm. Perfect. So there's a worksheet that's great for flipping your script. And it's just moving from that negative refrain to that aspirational mantra of like, this is your powerful self. It's really, really cool. It's like two pages of questions and answers that get you to a place where you're feeling really powerful. So the first is flip your script. The second one is move or remove the target. The target is what I call that thing, that goal you have, that goal of like, I'm going to say the right thing in this meeting, or I'm going to get praise. I'm going to get it at a girl at the end of that call, or everyone's going to look at me like, oh my gosh, she is so smart. Whatever that target is, move it or remove it altogether. So you could move it and say, instead of like, oh, everyone's going to think I'm the smartest in the room. It might be like, okay, everyone's going to be happy that I contributed. Or remove it altogether and just say, I don't really care. There's no outcome. As much as you and I, Danielle, are so into intentionality, in this case, it's around today, I'm just going to share my thoughts and whatever the outcome is, no big deal. I am going to be divorced from the outcome. I'm going to be emotional Teflon and just be totally fine with whatever happens. So moving or removing the target is the second one. And the third one, they're all hard, but the third one is really hard for those of us who are kind of control freaks, which go hand in hand with perfectionism, is diving in. And it's really similar to what you're talking about, Danielle, about when we make mistakes, we learn. But I'll tell you, as a recovering, not recovered, recovering perfectionist, making mistakes feels like the hardest thing in the world to do. We don't want to make mistakes. We're meant to be perfect. So diving in means just jumping in without doing all the work you think you need to do, without leaving behind those good student habits, leaving behind all the behaviors you've done before and just jumping in. And there's some really, really powerful research around when you do, first of all, more often than not, you actually do meet that goal you set because you didn't overthink it. You just did it and you just intuitively met the needs of the room. And the other thing is when it does flop, It's never as bad as it feels. The other people's perspective is never as bad as it feels to you. And that's how we build this immunity. We keep building this muscle of, okay, you need to fail a certain number of times. You need to be embarrassed a certain number of times to build some version of toughness so that you can take on these harder challenges and you can be more visible and you can advance your career. That is great advice. There is a correlation between control and perfectionism. And when I think of the people that finally release control and dive in to that uncomfortable zone, that's when you Mm -hmm. learn the most, it's when you grow the most, and it's when you accomplish Mm -hmm. the most. I resisted back so much on starting my business. Everyone kept telling me, you need to do career consulting. You need to do this. And I said, no, 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 Mm -hmm. because I was caught in that perfectionism. Like I'm going to fail. There's no way I can do this. And every time that I just leaned in and I just kind of let go of that perfectionism, my business grew more than I would have ever imagined that I'm at today. I mean, corporate seems so long ago. (laughs) Yes. And we're just like you accomplishing things of being an author and 
yeah. accomplishing things we never even imagined were possible, yes. but just leaning in. Yeah. And you're exactly right, Daniel. You've experienced it. I've experienced it. And one thing that your listeners can maybe resonate with is if anyone out there plays any kind of sports, like if you are playing tennis or golf or rowing or any kind of sports where you're holding on to something, when you grip, even bicycling, when you grip really hard or yoga, anything that you're doing, when you're really tense and you're gripping really, really hard and you're trying to control the racket or control the oar or control the bike handles, you are going to do worse. You're more likely to fall. You're more likely to get hurt. But if you can have that light grip on those different sports things, you're going to do so much better. And it's hard. It's a really hard thing for us perfectionists to take that lesson and really do it. But like you said, the second we let go a little bit, we wind up growing our business and meeting all of our goals without even realizing. I want to go back to when we talked about new people on a team. Because a lot of times what happens when somebody is new to a team, they get caught up in that perfectionism. Well, I should know this, or I don't want to appear like I don't know what I'm doing. And then what happens is that perfectionism sometimes paralyzes them and they don't ask for help. Then you don't advance in the areas that you want to. And so if you are new to a team, to enroll, Mm -hmm. to whatever it is that you're doing, anything that you're new to ask for help, people want to help. Yeah. Yeah. Ask for help. And the other thing too, Danielle, is sometimes you can vet it out. You can say like, I have this idea of how we could do things differently. And let me just ask one person, like, what do you think? Do you think that that's a question I could bring up? If I ask the question this way, do you think that they would be responsive? So there's so much that we think that we have to do it on our own. And like you said, ask for help from one person, from your manager, from your team, whomever it is, that is key, especially when you're new. And if you're feeling a little timid, because I like what you brought up about offering something in addition to the question. So if you're feeling a little timid and you want to use also a way of showing that you do have some ideas, anytime that you ask for help, say, hey, you know what? I had this particular question. I had this challenge that came up. I was thinking about approaching it X, Y, Z way. What are your thoughts on this? So you're coming with the solution but you're still asking a question and giving yourself the opportunity for some feedback, for some coaching, for some advice, whatever that is. Exactly, exactly. I would be so happy. Your listeners should reach out to you when they do this because I'll bet you they will be so happy at their results. Thank you. What are three things as the thunder is rolling in my house, living in Florida? It's always good. We've been in a heat wave, so we've needed the rain. I'm welcoming it. But before the (laughs) thunder, lightning cuts us off. What are three okay. things to leave our listeners with? Okay. So I'll go in reverse order. Dive in. Don't even think dive. And even if you flop, you will build resilience. The second one is move or remove your target. That goal that you put in your head, move it or get rid of it. And the third one is flip your script. That's that little voice in your head. We're going to flip it to the opposite. And I'm happy to send you the worksheet for that. Yes. For those of you listening out there, I will include a link in the show notes as well as her bio and LinkedIn profile. And then a link to her book. Yes. Damn it. Because I definitely invite you to go pick that up. You can either listen to it as an audible or you can go ahead and read it. So thanks so much for joining us today. One more thing, Danielle. I wanted to tell your listeners that if they tag us, if they share this episode on LinkedIn or Instagram and they tag you, And they tag me. So on Instagram, I'm Hope Timberlake, my name. And on LinkedIn, it's Hope Timberlake as well. So if they tag us, they will enter a raffle for a free book. So please share away. And I'm happy. I'm pretty generous with sending the books. So you tag, there's a decent chance you're going to get one. 
Yes. So for those of you listeners out there, share this episode, tag Hope and I in it, and you can enter to win her book for free and learn additional tools on how to speak up, combat that perfectionism, and be an influential leader in your life. Thank you so much for joining. Great. Thanks, Danielle. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.